for listening to The Ascent Podcast, a production of Foothills Church. Welcome into another episode of The Ascent Podcast, and today we are going to close out the summer series Life on the Mountain by diving deeper into one of the most familiar passages of Scripture. Familiar because this passage features one of the most recognizable as well as one of the most rejected statements made by Jesus. And today, how we apply these two passages still defines our lives as followers. So I sat down with lead pastor of Foothills Church, Trent Stewart, to dive deeper into all of this as we reach the summit of life on the mountain. Doing to others for me means that I, I've got to share the gospel. I, I've got to quit allowing my hangups and my lack of confidence and whatever I don't, I think I don't know, stop me from encouraging people, inviting people to church, uh, talking about my faith, talking about Jesus. If he is the only way, then every single believer should be passionate and excited about sharing that only way. I'm Britton Drown. Thanks as always for listening. Let's jump right in. All right. Well, hey, Pastor Trent, welcome in once again here. And we are at the end of the Life on the Mountain series. It's been a long summer traveling through the Sermon on the Mount. And just coming into this final week, I really just wanted to, you know, ask you, what was it about the the Sermon on the Mount that was, you know, really on your heart to have us travel together as a church through this passage? Well, of I love the Sermon on the Mount. It is so practical. And so from you know, just a church standpoint, I just think it's important that we hear what basic Christianity is out of the mouth of Jesus. I mean, this is what it looks like to follow him. And so I just have felt personally that it's it's just so practical for my own life. And yeah, we've read it before, but every time you study it and, and dive into it, it just, you know, peels back the layers of your heart. And I just feel like our people have really responded to it. And um, I, I think we've grown as a church. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we kind of put a bow on it in this last week here where you, you really hit on the most famous statement that Jesus ever made. And that's the golden rule there, right? In Matthew 7. Can you just I'm curious, can you talk a little bit about that particular passage as we just hit on it? And really, in your mind, what makes that just such a profound statement? Well, everybody knows the golden rule. And growing up, no matter you know if you were in a Christian home or not, your, your teachers at school, you know, talked about the golden rule. You know, you heard it from your coaches. You heard it from wh- whatever type of hobby you were in. Everybody knows do unto others. And so, you know, it's, it's one of those popular statements. But at the same time, as, as followers of Christ, even sometimes it's just the most forgotten statement. And, and we actually don't do the hard work of applying it to our life. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, you kind of touched on this. Um, it's also one of the most um, misinterpreted statements as well. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, really why has it been distorted? How has it been distorted? And how, how do we maybe, despite its popularity and how much we've heard it, how do we kind of run the risk of taking a little bit out of context as well? So this is this is Matthew uh, chapter 7. And, you know, the statement is do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And so we kind of, we, we distort that because we're selfish and just kind of out of our, our own, you know, tendencies and nature, uh, we kind of twist it to mean doing to others as they do to you. So when somebody is, you know, mean to you, you're mean back. I mean, I don't know, um, 
you know, if there are parents listening, but when you're, you know, your kids fight, <laughs> you know, somebody hits somebody, why did you hit them? Well, they hit me first. <laughs> or, you know, why are you doing that? Well, they did it to me first. And so even as adults, you know, we don't like to admit this, but we tend to, you know, we'll, we'll brush people off. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll ignore people. We'll avoid people that treat us a certain way or, you know, rub us wrong or whatever. And so instead of actively, you know, treating them like you want to be treated, we just do the exact opposite. You know, we, we do unto others as they deserve to be done. And so in our minds, they don't deserve my respect, so I'm not going to give it to them. I can't tell you how many wives have told me that, you know, in a counseling situation, you know, talking about their husbands. He doesn't deserve my respect. Well, in fact, Jesus in the Word of God tells us differently. Right here in this statement, Paul, you know, tells us, you know, that you know, in a marriage to respect and to love, and uh, that's even if the other person hasn't earned that. And so... Uh, that's what grace is all about. Sometimes we, we do into others uh, as we try to, you know, get them to do what we want them to do for us. And so it's, a, it's about manipulating people and we'll, we'll, you know, encourage them, you know, schmooze them a little bit so that we can get them to do what we want them to do. And that's our flesh. That's our nature, sinful nature. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. The, the way that you wish people would treat you, that's how you're supposed to treat them. Yeah, you just mentioned that a little bit too, that it's an active approach, right? You, you hit on this in your message. Can you talk a little bit more about that idea that this statement is really about an intentional act of, of seeking out opportunities to do good unto others as we would wish them to do unto us? Yeah, it's, it's more than just not doing wrong to people. And that's where... Every you know, major world religion actually teaches the golden rule in the negative form. And so we talked about that in the message. And so you know, it's more than just not harming people, and it's more than just, just doing good. I'm just, I'm just going to be good today, or I'm going to do my best to, to be good. Uh, it, it actually means, the golden rule actually means that you're looking and you're searching out ways uh, to do good to other people. You're looking for ways. You're intentionally looking for opportunities uh, to do unto others as you would have done to you. So we all want to be encouraged, right? And so we're looking for ways to intentionally encourage other people. You know, people are lonely, and so, you know, nobody wants to be lonely. Sometimes we all feel loneliness. Uh, we, we tend to, you know, we want a, a friend, and the friends that we have, we want them to be deeper. We want them to be you know, more um, impactful on our lives. And so we're looking for friends. We don't want to be lonely. So what do we do? Well, if we're going to apply this verse, then we are looking to be a friend to someone else. We're actually, you know, uh, sitting down with people and having conversations who might be lonely. And so it's, it's an intentional way of living. It's not just sitting back and I'll do good when the opportunity presents itself. No, I am I'm moving. I am I am going and I am searching for for opportunities to do good in someone else's life. That really has kind of a an opportunity to really change your life too, just just shifting the way 
in which you feel like you've always understood the golden rule, really stepping back and, and looking at it through an active lens, that really can change your life, can it? I mean, think about your marriage. How different would your marriage be if you stopped you know, just thinking about all the, the, the ways that your spouse is doing you wrong and how much you wish he or how much you wish she would change. And if she would just change this, then man, our relationship would be awesome. If she would just do this for me more, you know, a wife is probably thinking if he would just do more around the house, if he would just do more, you know, to help me with the kids, then our marriage would be great. And Husbands are thinking if she would just, you know, hold my hand or if she would rub my shoulders or if we would have more sex, then our marriage would be great. Well, listen, if we would just, you know, live the life that Jesus is calling us to live and look for ways to do good to our spouse, you would transform your marriage. <laughs> it's really not in the popular way of living, though. It's it's the most popular statement that Jesus ever made, but it's ironic a little bit that that despite its popularity, we have completely misinterpreted what it means. Exactly. Yeah, we just get into that self-driven, self-focused mindset of do for me. It's not a do unto others, it's a do for me culture and, and way of living. And Jesus is totally transforming how we're supposed to live our life. Well, and despite, you know, the popularity of the golden rule, we're all familiar with that. Just a few passages later there in Matthew 7, uh, Jesus really hits on what was really become one of the most unpopular, or one of the most you know rejected statements that, yeah. that he ever made, and, and it's really about where we find life. You know, there's there's two options, there's two roads that he talks about. You know, there's a narrow gate that leads to life, and there's also the broad gate that, that so many of us seem to find so easily. So I'm curious, can you kind of just talk a little bit about the differences between these two paths that that Jesus is kind of laying out there for us? Yeah, this is uh, the the statement that is rejected in our culture because Jesus is basically saying. He is the only way to God. He is saying that the narrow gate, which, which represents him, is, is the only way that we're going to experience life and purpose and power and forgiveness of sin. And he says, you know, the wide gate is the gate that most people are going to find. Most people are going to follow this wide gate. It's, it's a few restrictions, few requirements, few rules. It's inclusive. Do what you want to do. Live however you want to live. And that's what culture wants us to do. Live for yourself, you know, be who you are, do what you want to do kind of thing. And, and in the, at the end of the day, you know, God's going to just, you know, let us all go to heaven and it's, it's not going to be a big deal. So just, you know, let's live it up. It's going to be one big party. And, you know, you read this verse, this is verse 13 in chapter seven of Matthew and Jesus is painting a completely different picture. And so that's why I said, this is the most rejected statement that he's ever made is because we don't want to believe that. Uh, we we want to believe in this pluralistic culture that there are many roads to heaven. And, you know, a good Muslim or a good, you know, whatever insert, you know, that religion is, uh, you know, if they live a good life, then they're going to they're gonna get to go to heaven. But this is exactly the opposite of what Jesus teaches us here and elsewhere. And so, you know, we, we read statements from Jesus that are they're very divisive. I mean, he, he says in, in John 10, 9, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Essentially, there's, there's only one gate. He says uh, in John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's a very exclusive uh, statement. Acts 4, 12, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. And so, man, th this is a rejected statement. But if you follow Jesus, you know, you're convinced that he is the only way. 
And uh, it's the only way that God provided for us to experience uh, forgiveness of sin through the death of Jesus Christ. And so not only, you know, do we receive that, accept that, we live for that. So that means now we're motivated to share the gospel. And not only is, is it an exclusive gate, but you really touched on in your uh, recent sermon about how you actually enter through it empty-handed. Here's what you had to say. You enter the narrow gate to life empty-handed. In other words, you don't take any works with you. You don't take any possessions with you. You don't take any pride or selfishness with you. You don't get to pack up your bag and, and, and get to walk through uh, the narrow gate with, with all of your possessions. Jesus says, no, 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 nothing fits through the narrow gate. It's so narrow that the only thing that you can take with yourself is just you. You're the only thing that fits. And so Jesus would say, come to me just as you are. Leave your sin, leave your pride, leave everything behind and follow me. Jesus says, enter through the narrow gate. And to do that, you have to leave everything behind. So can you, can you just elaborate a little bit? What, what does it really mean to enter into this gate empty-handed practically? How, how am I supposed yeah, to think I th- about that? I think that what we have to realize is when we come to Christ, we're not bringing any good works. So to be saved, it's not go to you know this organization or feed the homeless and do all these things that God's going to like allow me into heaven now that I've done some good things. I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, well, I'll, I'll come to church, but I've got a few things I need to to do, you know, in other words, I've got to quit a bad habit or I've got to do something before I'm good enough to go to church or they come to church and man, I want to make a decision for Christ, but I've got this thing at home or I've got stuff going on. I need to get cleaned up. And so the idea that some people have is that they can clean themselves up. They can overcome some bad habits and then they're going to come to Christ. Then they're going to live for Christ. And that's not how it works. You got to lay it all down and you got to say, just as I am, I follow you. And then what's amazing about the power of the Holy Spirit is that then those habits or whatever it is that, you know, have been hangups, he gives us the strength to begin to overcome in due time. And so I just think that's a a mentality where we think we have to clean ourselves up or, you know, the other, the other side of this is people want Jesus, but then they also want to bring you know, a way of, of living. They want to bring their lifestyle perhaps, or they want to bring, you know, some, some worldly teaching with them. They want to have their cake and eat it too. Essentially. I want to follow Jesus, but I want to, you know, sleep with my girlfriend. I want to follow Jesus, but, uh, you know, I want to, you know, live this way or, or whatever it is. And so he's, he's, he's basically saying, no, the gate is narrow. And the only thing that fits is you come as you are. That's so good, yeah. And really, stepping back and looking at these two passages together, how how can we be encouraged by both something that we're so familiar with, that, the golden rule, but also something that maybe we uh, are uncomfortable hearing? How how do those two really work together to paint the picture of the gospel? I think the, the marriage is do unto others. Okay, so I'm the narrow gate. Well, if if I was lost, if I didn't know Jesus, if I haven't heard the gospel, if I'm living my life and I'm in, you know, I have no hope, you know, my relationships are in turmoil. Um, I would want somebody to come share hope with me. I would want someone to share the gospel. And so as a follower of Jesus, now I, I know the gospel, 
do unto others for me means that I, I've got to share the gospel. I, I've got to quit allowing my hangups and my lack of confidence and whatever I don't, I think I don't know, stop me from encouraging people, inviting people to church, uh, talking about my faith, talking about Jesus. If he is the only way, then every single believer should be passionate and excited about sharing that only way. Uh, and, and so, yeah, people are going to reject it. Yeah, some people, but that's, that's not, that, that kind of uh, thinking isn't going to stop us because there are going to be people that do find it. Few find it, but Jesus is telling us that some are. So just think what it would look like if you started talking more about your faith, inviting more people to church, talking more about the gospel, how many people uh, would come to know Christ, uh, do unto others. You would want someone to share the gospel with you, so go share the gospel with them. Yeah, it just seems like that mentality, that that mindset is just the perfect parlay into to what you've said, not, not just in this context, but throughout the life of this series as a whole. You kicked it off 13 weeks ago with the statement, life in the valley is about me, but life on the mountain is about we. It, it really just seems like that's the crescendo of, of this entire sermon. The whole sermon that, that Jesus is sharing here is about living our life in such a way that we are focused on others. Our sin and our nature is always going to focus on internal needs. We're, we're self-driven. That's what sin does. And so when we live for Jesus, we are externally focused. We're, we're, we're not self-focused. We are others focused. And so that's why it's a fantastic passage of scripture, but it's also a really difficult one to actually live out. Well, that wraps it up for Life on the Mountain. It's it's really been an incredible 13 weeks this summer, but now we are set to step into a brand new series, one called Real Friends, as we take a look at what it means to live in true community. So thanks as always, Pastor Trent, for, for joining us. Absolutely. Love it. And we'll see you again as we begin a new series. As always, if you enjoy this resource, we ask that you please hit the subscribe button. Subscribing to the podcast not only helps us to reach more people, but it also ensures that you always receive the latest episodes as we release them every other Wednesday. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate the show. Ratings really do help us to get discovered on your favorite podcast platforms. Thanks for listening.